I'm Dan Orlovsky. When I'm looking for safety, I always take the extra steps and listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who haven't scored since 1958. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 209. 209 now. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How are you doing, man? Uh, good, Chris. I'm excited about today's show. Yeah, I know. I mean, don't you have a, a joke here normally? Hang on. Hang on. I'm working on it. All right, today's show, we got some OTA updates. We got a lot of good stuff there. Uh, Taste of the Lions, going to tell you about what went down there. I got some time with uh, some of our our favorite players. We got the Riz. We're going to go around the division. We got that and a whole lot more. It's a great show this week. Case, you ready to go, my man? All right, I got them, but uh, I got three jokes, but you're going to have to wait for around the division. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, a couple of quick announcements first. Check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from Guam. All right. Of course, very favorite stoner Mathis and Brian B. from I Prevail. Great, great folks helping us out. Uh, Patreon is the place to go. You want to take part in the most intelligence Lions chat on the Internet? You come to our Slack. How do you get to the Slack? You join on Patreon. We also have a pre-show show we put together, and uh, Mathis is going to be in a major motion picture. We have a couple other people showing up uh, as well. This is uh, you get you get access to some stuff that most people don't even know about and aren't going to know about for months. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get in there. Get as little as a dollar a month as part of the donation. Help support the show. Help us support what we're doing here and uh, and push everything forward. It's a great way to support the show by doing eh, something you weren't going to do, but Let's do it now anyway. All right, give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and on the Twitter machine at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, the very best place to see Case. Without those pants. Woo, who needs them? Subscribe, YouTube. Thank you to everybody who's joined us on YouTube so far. And push us over the top. We've got some huge announcements coming there case right i, I let you in on on, on the secret you know it's pretty big yeah it's pretty big straight youtube.com slash detroit lions podcast get in there subscribe hit that bell ring that damn bell and uh get yourself in on this because you will not want to miss a minute as we kick this forward rate us on itunes stitcher google play wherever you find us spotify we're there give us a review let people know you think it's five star material because it is and uh, again, if you don't think it is, just let us know in the uh, subreddit. We'll take care of it. We'll talk to you. We'll figure out what you want and what you need. And we'll, we'll make it something that you love. Join us on our training camp party. Likely going to be on August 3rd. We'll know June 11th for sure. August 3rd, big, big stuff. This is going to be the biggest training camp party we've had. You guys know as we've built this show every year, it's draft day. It's training camp parties. It's, it's the season, the postseason shows. Everything we've done has continued to up the ante this will absolutely be there's no hype here the 
best training camp party we've had and it will well, i'll be there so duh <laughs> duh this is going to be big this year i'm telling you it's going to blow the lid off of everything we've done so far and i'm already starting to think of how the hell we're going to top this in the year following uh next time we're going to do uh, we're going to do belly shots Ooh, ooh. Who says we won't do it this time? Zach Zender Day also that day. So uh, make sure to join us. We'll give you the details. Tickets will be on sale soon. And you will need a ticket because there's not going to be any available at the door. I can tell you right now. This is this is far, far too big for something like that. Give us a call on Skype. Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word. Detroit Lions Podcast. Or call us on the Lions line. 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Leave us a message and you get a chance to hear yourself on the show. <laughs> Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And we're going to start off with a report on OTAs. Okay, so this is it. This is, it's an interesting time of the year. Here we are sitting here with um, the the draft is over. Free agencies. I mean, the, the big splashes are over in free agency. We've got uh, our team kind of pretty much put together here, and it's time to start installing things and 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 getting everything ready to go. We're hungry for football. <laughs> we we want that football. This is kind of football. There's a lot to talk about. There's things going on. What do you think from from everything you've heard about OTAs so far? What, where's your head at? Are you? Are you, I mean, you excited for this team? Um, how do you think it's put together overall? If you're asking me to get excited about volunteer offseason training stuff, uh, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> you son of a bitch! How we, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't mean to bring the room you're down. It's just like it, of, of all the offseason things that I get excited. We'll see about, you guys in August. <laughs> I, I don't mean to be that way about it. It's just that of all the offseason things to get excited about, I feel like OTAs are very bottom. Um, so okay, I'm going to tell you what. I mean, at the same time, it's not like we're 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 about to enter a drought here. So yeah, yeah, I'll take what I can get. Instead of your report, because obviously you suck at this, let's let's hear what Matthew Stafford has to say. Um, you know, I think as as far along as I should be. You know, um, there's obviously a ton more to learn. Um, you know, and a ton more to. You know, the the base of the kind of stuff is is in there, but you got to be able to play fast, think fast, signal, checks, all that kind of stuff is is the second, uh, you know, kind of the second level to it. Um, but I think our guys are doing a great job of diving in. Bev's doing a great job of teaching. Our assistant coaches are doing a great job. So um, it's on everybody to dive in and make sure that they're ready to go. How much time, how much time a week do you put into, you know, learning the new things, whether it's your What's what are we allowed to have CBA four hours here? <laughs> six hours? Uh, something like that. Um, no, a lot of time, uh, especially I think as a quarterback, um, you know, I got to be the coach in the huddle, too. You know, there's there's questions that come up when you're installing a new offense. We break the huddle. Maybe a guy's got a question or a spot. Hey, am I lined up here there? What do I have? I've got to be able to be on top of it and, and communicate it correctly. So um, I've quite a bit of time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think uh, generically, generally speaking, the more guys you got on the field, whether it's one-on-ones to seven-on-seven to full team periods, you know, the more real football is, the more, uh, you know, your awareness has to be heightened and, and uh, things are stressed. You know, communication is stressed, alignment is stressed, uh, assignment, all of that kind of stuff. So it's, it's good for us to get out there and, 
you know, for our guys running routes to run them against the defense, our guys up front to block blitzes and certain protections and, and all that. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's more fun than just throwing routes on air, that's for sure. Can you already tell how different the offense is going to be as far as emphasis and stuff? Um, you know, emphasis-wise, it's, it's a little bit tough to, to say at the point. You know, at this point, um, we're still just kind of putting the basics in. Um, you know, verbiage-wise, sure. I mean, it's completely different, way different. But um, like I said, I think guys are doing a great job of diving in and, and trying to, uh, you know, you got to learn what to do so you can go out and compete. You know, those those guys that are running around trying to think, it's it's tough to compete that way. So they're everybody's doing a great job of trying to learn as much as they can so they can uh, go out there and, and fly around. <laughs> Yeah, is there similarities or overlaps? I got that one cut off. Sorry about that. Um, you know, it, interesting. Um, staff talks about it. This is really about getting the offense, the defense, the players accustomed to the scheme, the the changes in plays year over year. This is the stuff that to only the hardest of hardcore fans is interesting, right? A lot of the nuance to what we're seeing happen in OTAs it definitely plays out in how the team plays. There's no question, but most fans don't understand it. And that's what makes it hard. I think to really get stoked about OTAs, especially when you know, the dead zone, the dead zone is coming after that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I said, it's, it's not my favorite of the off season, you know, things. I mean, <clears throat> the best thing that we get from it is what you just played. Mm-hmm. The straight from the uh, lion's mouth uh, um, stuff from, you know, Stafford and Patricia and, and every fan, you know, if you want to try to get a pulse on what's going on with this team, what's going on in the, in the minds of these guys, that's the way to do it is listening to those guys. Um, you can, you can look at, you know, uh, pictures and, and video from the OTAs, but you're not going to learn a lot from that. Uh, you, you can hear things about, you know, T's Tabor making two interceptions, but you're not necessarily going to learn a lot from that. You know, uh, it's easy to get, it's easy to get way over or, you know, underhyped about certain scenarios in OTAs because a lot of guys are, this is the very first action in the NFL or it's their very first action um, in this season under a new offensive coordinator, those kind of things. You're not going to necessarily learn a lot about uh, the, what to expect going forward, but just to gauge the mood of the team, um, that's the best you can you can draw from it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like he said, the, there's 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 something that happens for players. There's a shift that happens for young guys and guys in a new system where you move from thinking about it to actually just doing it. And 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 Matthew's dead right. I've I've seen it. It's it's true not just in sports but in business. When people have to stop and think about what they're doing, uh, it's not as smooth. It's not as quick. It's not as efficient. And, and it can cause problems. Just knowing your job and knowing the nuances of your job is is huge. And uh, it, it, it's a it's a big deal. That's what they're getting. That's the kind of stuff. It's not interesting for most most people and their jobs. And it's it's not super uh, interesting either for 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 football players. Right. I mean, for, for fans to watch with football players. There's there's always diehard, for lack of a better term, nerds. Right. Um, 
some people like again i'm going to go to the agile thing and i have a couple friends on twitter who i i really hurt every time i mention agile <laughs> they're like oh, i wanted to listen to football and it's work again but it, there, there's people that dive into that and really really appreciate the nuances of a scrum master <laughs> and and and, and it, those people really do exist i promise you they're not a large number as nfl fans and football fans but there's football fans that really love the, the 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 pieces and dots. This is also also a kind of treacherous time of year because you get guys like um, Chad Forbes, who who put out crazy things and then claim their Twitter was hacked and it's all kind or, of meaningless garbage. Um, or who? who, who you you have Ruben Foster, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who has other he things. Tears his ACL and not. I mean, shock that Ruben Foster is hurt again, but. Um, you know, after Washington spent a huge amount of money on him, uh, or, or, or I, I mean, I shouldn't call it huge, huge compared to what he's done so far in the NFL. And then that happens, you know, that those are the scary things. Sure. That's, it's more, almost, I pay more attention to it, you know, out of like, please, nothing bad happen mm-hmm. then <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely absolutely so uh that's that's really w- where things are right now i mean you you get crappy reporting and reporters that claim their uh their twitter was hacked because they said something that maybe was um not popular <laughs> and then you get this um i wouldn't i wouldn't put a whole lot of you know I wouldn't put a whole lot of emphasis on where a team's going right now, but you can definitely get a feeling for for some of the uh, the players as well. I, I want to move on a little bit. Um, there's something that we uh, can talk about coming up on August 3rd. We'll we'll confirm on June 11th when when the announcement is made, but we're 100% sure, 99.99% sure, August 3rd is our training camp party. This is going to be big. This is going to be huge. We've got some huge guests huge guests that you will want to see. And I say, there's a nest on that guests and uh, they're coming down there. Uh, we're going to have our prizes. We've got a couple of big announcements ahead of it. There's a big event going on besides we're going to do a live podcast. There's also a huge rollout that's happening there that you guys, are, it's, it's a really, really big deal. Tickets absolutely will be sold out before, uh, before the event. So you're not going to get a chance to buy them at the door. So we're going to have a lot more to talk about about that, but get your calendar clear for the night of August 3rd. I I just clear out the whole day. Go up to training camp with us. It's going to be Zach Center Day at training camp. Case and I will be there with a whole bunch of other people. It's going to be a riot. And then into the night, we have that party coming up, and and it's going to be... It, it, it's just going to be off the damn hook. So uh, make sure to clear your, clear your calendar and get ready for that. You guys will not want to miss this. I promise you. All right, so let's move on. Big, big one from uh, Pro Football Talk, which is really the kind of penultimate reporting center for football information uh everyone looks to pro football talk for their uh their their classy takes and their their insider info and always being right um lions are moving frank ragnow to center that is their headline it was posted in the suburb by god of tits and wine gotta love that and um i've i've, I've got to put there's a couple audio pieces and i want to i want to get them in there okay so the first one i'm going to play frank ragnow his interview and uh the talk about him uh, moving to center. What's it like being at center now? That's uh, kind of surprising to ask. What is it for you? Oh, it's good. I know I've uh, obviously played the position in college, and 
I know this is going to sound boring, but I mean, you, you play what you can play. Uh, I think it adds value to you as a person the more you can do, and I'm just trying to fit my role, whatever role they pick me to choose. How, how different is it going, you know, was it going from center to left guard and from left guard to center? Well, I think the transition to left guard was a little more difficult because I haven't played it before. Yeah. And center, I have played before, so there's definitely some experience there. So I'd say it's, I guess, a little smoother, but there's definitely those bumps and bruises along the way for sure. And what about making calls and all that for stuff like that and sort of being like the trapping in the middle? I enjoy that part of the game. That was part of the game I really enjoyed in college, uh, yeah. making all the calls, kind of leading the guys. But like I, I've said before, I mean, this offensive line room is so unique that there's, I mean, it's like there's five centers up front. Everybody's talking, everybody's communicating, so it's great. Yeah. So last year you come in, you have to learn the first year of the Lions offense, and now you come in and bevels here. And how mm-hmm. different are things and how much more of a learning curve is it again for you? Uh, things are definitely different verbiage-wise and everything, but I mean, a lot of the things are similar. You're just you're just using different words, and you just got to find ways to relate it and connect it and kind of put it all together. In terms of footwork and all that, from what you did in, in, at center in, in, in Arkansas and here, is that pretty much this, a lot of that stuff the same it's in terms of balance and leverage? Yeah, very similar. Um, at Arkansas, I was blessed to play in a pro-style offense, and it's transitioned pretty yeah, well here. Yeah. So that footwork-wise, it's not much of a crazy change. When, when were you aware that this was going to happen? Was this... Uh, we've we've kind of cross-trained my whole time sure. here. So, I mean, it's just kind of whatever they tell me to go, I'm going to go, and I'm going to try to do it to my best of my ability. So it's kind of been throughout the spring. We've been moving around and everything. Yeah. You know there's always moving pieces, coaches, players, and whatnot, but one more year under Matt Patricia, how much more do people kind of know what to expect coming in and, and the work that you need to put in and familiarity with, with that type of uh, you know, coaching and whatnot? system yeah i think anywhere you go anything you do the more comfortable are you with someone the more you know someone the better everything's gonna mesh and uh i think uh we were definitely learning this culture i'm not gonna say i mean i'm not gonna say anything about this year but i mean we're working hard and we're everybody's starting to work hard and day to day we're coming in and we're training and that's kind of the culture i think coach patricia's really trying to build is just one day at a time hard work and that'll get you where you want to be do you notice any changes in him or his demeanor or just the way he approaches things this year maybe being a little more comfortable in his uh, I mean, I'm not a rookie anymore, so uh, I don't have to deal with the, the rookie treatment. But otherwise, he's the same guy, and I, I respect that about him. He's consistent every single day. If this offense is more ground and pound like we sort of think it is with Daryl Bevel, is that something you would embrace? Yeah, I think uh, up front, as an offensive lineman, most offensive linemen would say they really enjoy the running part of the ball, run blocking and everything. But like I said, whatever we need to do to win, I think of all five of us up front are going to do that to win. Just a couple more guys. Yeah, what is the biggest difference for you in this 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 year's camp as opposed to last year? In other words, comfort level, like whatever it is. Oh, just, just uh, the, the more you play at this any level, the more you do something, the, the game slows down. Yeah. And I've definitely noticed that just the, these two OTAs, it slowed down for you. That rookie year is quite the world when you're going from this, there, that. You never really get to catch your breath. So this offseason was good for me to get in the weight room and get working, but also also to just catch my breath and kind of realize, all right, I'm here, and now let's get, let's get to work. Yeah. What was it like to have TJ Lang out here yesterday, not in pads, not working with you guys? And is he kind of a... I guess someone who can give advice to you now, specifically with right guard now that that's kind of an area you're getting a little bit of work in. Uh, TJ definitely is just such a great resource, and he uh, made sure before he retired, he reached out. I think he reached out to all of us and made sure to let us know that he's here no matter what. And it's great to have him around and whatever, whatever he can offer, I'll take because he's he's done it at this level at a high, high level. Have you put on any muscle mass or weight over the uh, season? 
You know, I don't know the specifics. Does it look like it? A little bit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know the specifics, but uh, I mean, I've been working hard, so yeah, okay. hopefully, yeah. So that was your. Was that your aim, though? One of. Yeah, definitely. Every off season, trying to get leaner and leaner, you can. You guys have been in the building for a little bit already. Mm-hmm. What is it like uh, getting out here on the field? How does it change things? Well, it's great. Uh, it's football now. I mean, you, in the, you got with all the rules and everything, you've got so much you can do. But it's good to get out here and play football. That's what we're here for. Last one, guys. He's incredible, man. I mean, you, you really can't describe the guy. He's just a great leader for all of us. Everybody looks up to him like it's. Just, he's an incredible person. I remember watching him as a kid, and now I'm playing with him. He's an incredible leader. So it's great to be around him. Thanks, Frank. I really appreciate you saying that about me. I, I needed that kind of uh, support when I was. Anyway, um, the one thing that I think for Frank Ragnow that's going to be a big deal, and I've noticed this more and more every year, um, these kids come out of college and they're, and they're great players and they're athletic and they do all these things very well, but it is that strength and conditioning that happens that there's a huge change from that rookie season until stepping into that sophomore season, right? And uh, Ragnar's had a lot of time. He has had an offseason, as he said. He's had the conditioning, the, the the nutrition, all the things along with that. I expect really big things out of him this year. Um, sounds like he's playing center, doesn't it? <laughs> that headline definitely makes it sound like he's playing but center. But even, even talking um, to, to Mike O'Hara, he's the Lions um, one of the three Lions reporters, Tori was in there as well, asking questions. I mean, they were they were. It was a foregone conclusion in this, and I want to I want to line that up because I love Mike O'Hara, right? But I want to just go ahead and say, let's get the next piece because Stafford comes in and talks a little bit about it, and it starts with a question directly from Mike O'Hara, and I want you to listen very carefully. Looks like Ragnar's going to play center now. How important is it for you? Must know something I don't. What's up? Well, I'm seventy-seven. He was the guy who's been over. In front oh, of okay. I honestly think that, uh, you know, this time of year is, is perfect to yeah. kind of move guys around. You know, I think Graham's had a chance to play center and guard in this league before. Frank's really only had the chance to play guard, obviously played center in college. Um, I think it's important for guys in our system. I think you hear it once or twice before, but being able to position flexibility, you know, being able to uh, to play a bunch of different positions and, and all that is important. So both offensively and defensively, but, uh, you know, I think it's it's good for all those guys to kind of move around on the inside and, and uh, you know, figure out, uh, you know, down the road where we're, where we're playing guys is we'll figure it out. What the hell's happening? <laughs> I, I feel like Stafford just channeled the inner me. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was, that was me. My favorite part was when, because uh, it started out with Michael Hare. And again, I love this guy to death. He he is old school Detroit. He is he is embedded in this city. He's a part of it. So, so please don't take this the wrong way. But he was damn confident talking to Ragna. So you're playing center, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and it was just a foregone conclusion. And then he, he he does the same thing to Stafford, and Stafford just slaps him and says, "Oh, you know something something that I don't. What's up?" <laughs> it's like, "Oh, backpedal, backpedal." He was he was bent over in front of you, okay? Oh, okay. And uh, they went into it. This is this is now the only thing I can say is we had a little bit of the same kind of thing last year where Ragnar was playing left guard, and we were like, "Whoa, whoa, timeout, timeout." He, what do they do? They're just they're just flexing their position flexibility. He's going to be back at center. Glasgow, he he snaps the ball funny. We're not going to have him at center. And all year, Glasgow snapped that ball. Um, can we say now, based on last year, that he's playing center for sure? Eh, 
tough call. But mm. I, I mean, Glasgow certainly improved uh, his center play mm-hmm. over last off season sure. and, and earned, earned the right to that, you know, job. But uh, the, ultimately all, all I care about, it doesn't matter to me which one plays what position. It just matters to me that they did figure out where uh, each one can be. That makes the line as a whole better. Mm-hmm. Even if Ragnow would be the better center, if Glasgow would then be a liability at guard, then we have a problem. So it's just a, it's just like a combination of who plays what role that makes the whole thing better. And I don't, I, that's, I assume that's what they're trying to find out. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta test those things around. (laughs) I would hope that's a, Believe me, I, I really, I really thought that Ragnow was going to immediately come in and be the center. Yeah. So I, I was very surprised, and I had to eat some crow over it. And that, that's okay; it's not the first time I've had to eat crow. Um, but it, uh, it no, did surprise me. But think about this: this, this may be part of the the bigger plan. The trade away of of Tate last year, uh, some of the other things going on. I just, I kind of feel like maybe not that it was a throwaway year. But it was a shifting year for this team, and they oh, knew I absolutely it. agree. They with that. knew it, so they put Ragnow in as a guard and Graham Glasgow in as a center because they were prepping for kind of a backup role, a backup position, right? I mean, I'm not saying and this is this is a little over the top to say they tanked a year because I don't think they they tanked, right? But they were they were working on some, some other things. After a year of that strength and conditioning, exactly what we talked about, um, that nutrition, that, that bulking up, right? He, he, am, I, am I a bigger honey, right? <laughs> that, that question he asked. He, he may be now ready to play center in a way for the NFL that he wasn't last year and do it more successfully, yeah. right? I mean, because part of that game and making those calls, it, you talk about the speed of the game and people thinking too much when they're playing and not able to just to react He's, he's now kind of seen it for a year. He's had the situation as a guard, right, to be able to see a center do that work. And now he can step in and make those calls and do that. I, I'm not saying that this what, that's what happened, but that may be the result of what happened and how things were set up last year that sets this team up for a pretty damn good offensive line this year, the way things are, are laying out. And and I'm going to tell you, any team would love to have four out of five guys as as preferred guys in those positions. Absolutely. I, I just don't think it'll be until training camp that we get a really like the actual, you know, summer training camp that we get a better picture of who's yep. going to be starting. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's a good time to get your rag now Jersey. Cause he's going to be as a center as case said. And uh, of course you got Hawkinson. Who's got a great Jersey out there. There's all those things moving around. How do you do that? Well, you head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. You click on the Fanatics link. It'll take you over. You can get your Lions ashtray. You can get your welcome mat. You can get your umbrella. You can get your rain slicker. You can get, I don't think they have Lions condoms yet, but they should be (laughs) coming soon. Uh, Anything you want, anything you want that's uh, Detroit Lions themed, you can get from Fanatics. DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash nothing. Just go there, DetroitLionsPodcast.com and click on the Fanatics link and uh, get your stuff the, uh, they give us a kickback, and it's a great way to support this show and the site by doing something you are going to do anyway. So thank you, everyone who goes there, and get your get your Lions gear now from there and uh, help us out because we appreciate it. All right, it's going to move on. Slay and Snacks, two big names missing from OTAs that was posted in the subreddit by the Lioness. 
case is does it mean they've quit are they, are they trading away is this a barry sanders calvin johnson moment is it what's happened what's happened to these guys have they given up on the team we're going to talk about sue again here in a minute mm-hmm. but uh i remember sue not going to voluntary uh training and look what happened to him he left well yeah but i mean <laughs> he was always always when he actually got to you know mandatory training camp he was always in perfect shape um now, there are some aspects of the things that he did that may have been detrimental in terms of team building. Um, and like there have been things that... eating their femur on the field? Do you think that was... <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I'm referring to. I'm oh. just saying that like, he was not... He was a little standoffish, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I think that it's very common... And, and, you know, it's easy when it's on your team to freak out about it. But I think if you looked around the league, there's a lot of players overall in this league who are not attending OTAs. Even guys like uh, uh, OBJ is not for the Browns, even though he's brand new there and, and spoke very highly of his, you know, uh, thoughts on the Browns. He's not attending voluntary offseason training. That's his beating Chad's Forbes ass. But yeah, no, no, um, no. You're you're right. Let me let me go go to that a little bit too. There's a couple things in that. Um, with with Sue, you kind of knew who he was, and there was a personality thing going on, right? It, yeah. it, it just he came back, he was ripped, he was ready, but it was like ah, he he just kind of was special. And I'm sure teammates looked at him as ah, he's kind of special. You look at a guy like Slay. You look at a guy like Snacks. Snacks is a great example. He played 17 games last year. Right yeah. in the regular season, he's the first guy in like 436 years to do that. I think that's the official statistic. Uh, he 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 came in, he played all those games, and what did he do? He was a teammate from day one. And you watch him on Twitter and how they're interacting. People on the team and the players absolutely love snacks on their team, and as a player, and even former players love him. He's just one of those guys. This is not a standoffish thing. He played an extra game in the regular season last year. I'm not worried about snacks at all. He's he's a class act who works hard and knows how hard he has to work, and he's putting it in when he has to. Same same thing with Slay, right? Here's a guy. I don't want to say he's old, but he is he's getting a little bit older, right? He's had a he's couple a, he's of like injuries at the peak of his peak. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's <laughs> he's had a couple of injuries. It doesn't make sense to expose his body to those kinds of injuries. Now he's a key player for us in defense. Him not being there doesn't worry me. Doesn't worry me in the least. Um, he's got a good contract. Everything's in place for him uh, to 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 make everything work out. So I don't think there's anything to worry about about Slay and Snacks being there. Fight me. I really don't. I really don't. Um, Fight me. Fight me about this. You know, we can sit here and say that, and then something could come out tomorrow. But like, totally wreck our shit. But uh, at this point, at this point in time, I think you know any any. Like every time this happens, you know, I see posts about it on the sub all the time too. You know, people panicking, and fortunately, and in the uh, you know the uh, uh, favor of the subreddit, usually the most upvoted comment is "relax," doesn't mean anything. This is normal. That's really all you need to know. This Relax. This doesn't mean anything. It's normal. All right, we're gonna move on, and and we will talk about just that that fella. Uh, Drew Carew, 98, posted a, a big one that Ndamukong Sue has moved away. Let's see. He started with Detroit. He made it to Miami, to the Rams. He found his home in the Rams. No, he's dumping down to, he's local to me, down here with the Bucks, And uh, the Bucks who look to be 
Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Gerald McCoy. He 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 wants to go somewhere. Uh, I don't know if it's here, but Sue seems to be a decent replacement. I got to tell you, Sue and McCoy together would be a hell of a combo uh, <laughs> to play against. And Except that they're basically like, they're so similar. Um, so they both take up two no, players? Right. Um, <laughs> that needs to have a defensive three, or an offensive line pretty quick. <laughs> They're both three techs. They're both in their thirties. So they're probably on the downspin of their careers. Um, there's some obvious, you know, um, issues for both of them. McCoy has had the health issues. Uh, Sue, since he, uh, maybe his over the last couple of years, hasn't necessarily put in, uh, the kind of effort that he used to until, you know, the playoffs last year when he showed up for real. Um, but there may be some motivation issues with him. Um, Could be. I think that I think that in terms of raw talent, Sue was always the better player. In terms of consistency, McCoy was probably the better player. So it's it's a tough, you know, which one and personality. Do you... Yeah, you know the the thing is with with Sue when I come down to it, there I feel like there's a little bit of a grumpiness towards Detroit. I don't know that there should be. But I just feel like he's got a little bit well, stuck in his I crawl. Over definitely it. say that, and and I, and I think you know, I mean, I it, hate it, to see us playing totally two years in a row. From Ebron, I, I, eh. he, he actually handled a lot better than Ebron did. Yeah, well, of course, but I mean, they, with he got a lot of hate. He got a lot of hate. Well, he should have. He should have. I mean, well, I mean, I'm I get not, that. He I, took won't, the money, I won't argue but. with that at all. I won't argue with that at all. But I mean, it, it, from his mindset. If he didn't feel he deserved it, of course, it's course. not a surprise. But then he went there, he and he has some, to you know, he has to know his stats from when he landed in Miami. He has to know how he performed. He has to also know that he wound up in L.A. and didn't do anything till the playoffs. Right? Yeah. I just don't like the idea that he's got a reason to play well in his mind against the team, and that team is us, and we've got to face him two years in a row because he can do real damage. He's a damn good player, and that's that's just the part that really frustrates me. We were so good and got away from him for so long, and now now he's back. All right. How did he, how did he do against us the last time he played us? Nobody knows because there was nothing going on. All right, uh, really quick, we'll talk about uh, Amazon. Everybody shops at Amazon. Do you shop at Amazon, Case? Of course I do. Do you use that Amazon Prime? Of course I do. Do you watch those Amazon Prime movies? Of course you do. Anyone who uses Amazon Prime in any way or any shape or any form, if you uh, don't have the Prime, of course, get it this way. But any of your shopping you want to do, even if you have Prime already and you've been there a million times, head over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on the link to Amazon from here, and uh, it'll take you there. No funny stuff, no pop-ups, no nothing. And a little kickback from everything you buy comes our way, helps pay for servers and all the other stuff that we do to to make the show better for you guys. So uh, go on over, uh, DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click the Amazon link. And uh, then you just sh- shop as normal. Do your thing. Nobody knows anything other than uh, Amazon gets a little cookie from us. And they say, God, it's Chris and Case. God, I love those guys. I'm, I'm going to give them a kickback on this. And it allows you to support the show by doing something you were going to do anyway. Go get yourself a jersey from Fanatics. And then come back to DetroitLionsPodcast.com uh, again. And uh, use that Amazon link. It's a great way. Great way to find much love from us. All right, we're going to move on. Kelly Stafford update. Because this is a big deal. And uh, maybe, man, maybe I should do the Taste of the Lions update first. Let me do that first. I'm going to flip the script a little here on a case. Um, our, our, our massive bullet points that drive the show. I uh, got to do uh, Taste of the Lions last week. Was in town. Spent some time in Detroit. 
uh, folks who follow us on Twitter will see that um, I was spending some time with Dean Blandino. You, uh, if you watch your buddy's pizza feed, and uh, I think you should, you'll see that we were doing some filming there with Dean and I, and uh, we got some good stuff coming out about that. Uh, check that out. We'll have some teasers coming up. Uh, really, really cool stuff we did. That was that was a lot of fun. Some some cameos from some cool people. Um, but rolling around, and then my plus one for Taste of the Lions was Dean Blandino. <laughs> you want to have a good time, man? <laughs> there was one guy who cornered Dean. There wasn't a lot of people who recognized it. Even Tori Petri, when we talked to her, she didn't realize who Dean was. He was standing right behind me, and she stared at him. And uh, there was a couple of people. One guy cornered Dean and said, "Hold on." Hold on, I need you to record. I'm gonna record you right now. Was that pass interference in Dallas? And he's like, Yeah, 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 that was pass interference. <laughs> Shouldn't have picked up the flag, right? You got me, you got me. oh my god. Like there was a couple people that recognized, but mostly he and I rolled through pretty much un- undetected. It was a lot of fun. Met a lot of players, talked to Stafford, gave him the best wishes for Kelly. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, Trey Flowers was there. I missed Martha. I'm really, really disappointed. I miss Patricia and Quinn as well. I could, I'm so freaking angry. I had the the VIP thing going on. I went through there and did that, but they came a little bit later. I got there, I guess, too early and and, and passed through all the VIP stuff before they showed up. So I missed out on it. That's kind of a drag, but met a bunch of players. Zach Zenner, I got to hold his hand. Got to talk a little bit about Zach Zenner day coming up. He was excited about that. He laughed, had some fun. Frank Ragnow, Graham Glasgow, like old brothers. Check this out. For the YouTube folks, we'll just put this on the on the cam. Look at this. Look at this. All the guys I met are all on here. You got Frank Ragnow there. You got Eric Hibble mm-hmm. in there. Matthew Stafford. Uh, who else? Uh, Aishon. Aishon. I, I can, can, thought I saw that on there. <laughs> I can tell you Aishon uh, looks even 10 years older in person than just in the <laughs> pictures. <laughs> he is a Big man. I'm going to tell you, a lot of the guys there, even Ragnar and Glasgow, um, I just, I look, they're football players, they're NFL guys. But I was like, I'm not, like, these guys aren't massive. And I remember, maybe it's because I was a younger kid growing up with the, the players and whatever, but they were, they were really, really big dudes. There's a little bit of a difference. I think the idea of speed in the NFL has taken over just massive size. I think there's a, a real push towards that, and it's it's changed the uh, the frames of the players. But uh, really, really great event. I, I recommend anybody that is in Detroit or that can get in Detroit, head to that Taste of the Lions event. The food was amazing. Um, Billy Sims, who will be on again here in the offseason for us. His, food? his barbecue was there, yeah. Yeah. And his the hot barbecue sauce, it wasn't like – just like most people, when they do something hot, they just grind a bunch of fucking habaneros in there and try to burn your face off, right? <laughs> that was great. His hot barbecue sauce was amazing. The flavor was just booming. And then there was the smoke, the, the heat. It was, it was, I have to find a way to get that. So we'll talk to him about that. Uh, we've got Lem Barney. Met him. He's going to be on the show as well. We'll have him. Eric Hipple, who has a whole. Uh, his uh, a background with Eric Kramer and some of the stuff that went on there. He has a really, really interesting, uh, uh, I'll just say rap, for lack of a better term, to go. He'll be on as well. We've got some good guys coming in the off season, and uh, we've talked to them, lined them up. But a lot of great uh, long past, recent past, and present Lions players there. It was, a, it was a really good event. So anyone who gets a chance, I recommend Taste the Lions at least once. And if you're going to do it, just drop the cash in the VIP and do the full experience. It's it's amazing. I walked out of there so damn full. 
after not eating. We we started so that day. It's kind of funny. We did we hit our, our shoot all day, and then the day, the next day as well. I only got two hours of sleep before the shoot on that day because I was just all the details and everything were in my mind, and I couldn't shake and it was keeping me awake all night. Got my two hours of sleep, cracked out of the bed at uh, six thirty in the morning. Went out. We shooting video. You can see on Twitter, we went all over town, did a bunch of stuff. I uh, got all the way through and then literally went from our last location, shot over to uh, the Taste of the Lions, and then did that till like 9.30 or whatever, and, and finally got home and just literally passed out. It was a long, long day, but good stuff there. Next day shooting. Uh, Taste of the Lions, good stuff. A lot of good stuff from the players. Um, and I'm just going to say that uh, ZZ, he knows who you are, Case. I just want you to know that. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Kelly Stafford. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you. Oh, no, that's wonderful. I'm just happy he knows who I am. <laughs> All right, I'll move on. Kelly Stafford update. I just, I think this is a good thing to kind of keep tuned in on. Um, it's an important thing and could have a long-standing uh, effect on the team. Um, I met Matthew Stafford at Taste of the Lions. I want to talk about that. He was just a little fella. And I know he, you know, he was a chunker of whatever before as, as he got out of college, but there's all kinds of reasons for that. But he was as thin as I've ever seen him. And, and when I see my picture next to him, he is really super, super lean. And I'm, I'm, I'm nervous for him. I'm hoping he's eating and doing all the things. Somebody send him some ziti. Come on, my friends, get him some, some ziti over there. Make him feel, uh, make him fill out a little. I don't want him to, to crack when he gets hit this year because it's, it was a little scary to see how thin he was. All right. Uh, Kelly Stafford update. Um, got some interesting stuff. She posted on Instagram a picture of her. She went to her friend's wedding. And again, I got to go to Matthew. I got to uh, allude to him the picture. He's got his JMS, John Matthew Stafford, um, loafers on, I guess I'm going to say. They look like slippers that I wear around the house, but maybe they're just really rich guys' dress shoes. I don't know. <laughs> It was a look that I'm not super familiar with. Put <laughs> it that way. Maybe my first hundred million, I'll, I'll understand what's going on. They look how comfortable as hell. But uh, he stood there, and and Kelly was dressed beautifully in a, in a dress. Like I mean, in the picture they showed, you couldn't tell that she'd been through anything. It was great, and it was it was a big workup for her to make it. Um, they did ask staff about Kelly, and he did a little bit of a, an update after saying he didn't want to today in the OTA interviews. I mean, I'm not gonna you know do too much up-to-date stuff with her just because i think she does a pretty good job of uh keeping you guys posted um you know everybody has been i know that she's extremely thankful for everybody that's reached out we've had tons of flowers notes candies all that kind of stuff sent into the house and um you know just uh just happy for the support it's been it's been overwhelming i know for her and and for me and our whole family so uh we really appreciate it um you know she's tough She's doing a heck of a job. It's a lot to go through for anybody, especially a you know a mother of three and a wife to somebody that's got a high-profile job like myself. So um, she's doing a heck of a job keeping it all together, and uh, had a lot of family and friends support too. Her mom was in town for you know over a month, and she was incredible. You know, let me do it. What I'm able to do here, you know, let me be back here as, as she helped uh, you know take care of Kelly, and obviously. Uh, you know, Tatiana, the lady that helps us with our kids, was incredible too. She's, you know, part of our family that's irreplaceable. So uh, it's been uh, all hands on deck um, for quite a while, but uh, it's good for me to get back here with these guys and, and um, you know, play some football too. How tough was that for you? Excuse me? Was it tough for you to come back to work? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody uh, sits there and thinks about how they're going to have to handle that situation. You know, uh, I wasn't 
um, thinking about it too much. I was really just trying to make sure that uh, my wife was okay. And, um, you know, like I said, she's tough. She was telling me to get the heck out of the house and, and go take care of what I need to take care of. And obviously the people here have been incredible. Mrs. Ford um, has reached out to, you know, myself and Kelly a bunch, uh, Bob and, and all those guys upstairs have been great and letting me uh, come back kind of at my own pace and obviously Coach Patricia as well. So um, I've got an obligation to this team, um, you know, that I love fulfilling. You know, I, I want to be here. We've got a new offense. I'm having a blast trying to learn it and, and teach these guys as well. Um, but at the same time, I had a lot going on at home and, and uh, they were really flexible with me and, and let me, you know, kind of come in on some some off hours and, and make sure that I was, you know, taking care of my obligation, my, you know, my duty to the team and, and then being able to be at home as well. You get a different perspective on people, Matthew, in a situation like this. In other words, you see a different side of them. It's not just football. Yeah, um, with everybody involved, my wife included, you know, I mean, it's, it's everybody. So um, things like these, uh, situations like this, um, you know, change your perspective on a lot of things and kind of, you know, put stuff, uh, you know, where it should be. So, but it's, it's been good. Um, like I said, I'm just happy to be out here um, throwing the ball around to some really talented guys, having some fun playing some ball. Matthew, is it almost helpful to immerse yourself in football and get back, back out here? That- uh, it, was, it was tough. It was well, both. You know what I mean? It was some days I was um, – Kelly had a good night. Some days I was here loving it, and, you know, Kelly had a bad night. Uh, I was trying to get home as fast as I can. So um, it, it's been up and down um, just as, you know, we kind of expected it to be. But uh, – like I said, everybody here has been extremely, you know, extremely supportive. Um, and so my teammates have been great too. So uh, they understand, they know that, you know, I'm committed, I'm dedicated to this team and, and uh, you know, our future and, and our season. But at the same time, uh, you know, a lot of those guys have families too and understand, uh, you know, how important that is as well. There you go. All right. So you get the feedback. He, he talks about what went on, hard days, easy days, but support from the team. I mean, he's, it seems like he had everything he needed from the team to, to help him help him through here. And, it seems in the end that this has really kind of been the ideal path of healing for Kelly and for him to get through this. I mean, there's all kinds of left turns this could have made and so far so good. Right. Yeah. All right. I did talk to him a little bit about it when, when I, when, when he and I got to know each other at uh, taste of the lions, <laughs> and, uh, that was good. So, all right, we'll move on. Um, a couple of show notes here. First, the week of June 24th, we're not going to have a show. Um, I'm heading back to Detroit, being, doing a big thing. May do some a couple of YouTube things. We'll see how that goes. And uh, I'm supposed to travel the second week of June as well, but I think we'll be able to make everything work out for that. So we'll get that going. Also, on St. Jude, we got a couple of auction items still to go out. Um, we got a, a person still yet to pay for their auction item. And then um, some auction items that weren't in our hands that just had to get sent out. I'm uh, holding the people's money until they actually get their hands on the items. I don't want to play with other people's money. I just want to make sure everybody gets what they need. We're going to put it all together. We'll have the report to you. Um, But everything, you know, as always, is above board. We'll have a full report as to what went where and when as soon as all these things finalize. The auction thing, I think, Case, I want to do it next year at the front half so we can do the closeout in the second half of the second month. And we'll, we'll make that work. Um, and I'll tell you right now, Dean, who is just, you know, he's Dean, he's, he's not playing Dino anymore. Um, he's put together already a, uh, a prize for next oh, year. That cool. is <clears throat> right. Right. Yeah. I think I'm so jealous. I just want to enter. 
I know it's 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 it'll blow people's minds. It's going to be great. So good stuff going on there. So a uh, couple last things here. Uh, key NFL dates for the Lions. First, OTA season workouts have started um, 2021st and then also on the 23rd, nothing on the 22nd and then 29th through the 31st and then the 10th through the 13th. And then it is the dead zone. That is the pain plane pain train. Um, we got that one week off. Uh, case will there probably be a couple shorter shows in there and uh, we'll put our stuff together there's still some stuff to talk about but this is the time of year guys where we're you know we are we earn our money (laughs) because oh sorry uh we uh earn (laughs) we earn our beer because uh there's not a lot to talk about so stay with us for those june 2nd Salary cap designation is uh, the post-June 1st cuts, of course. Mandatory minicamp, June 4th through 6th. And, of course, the ultimate training camp party, August 3rd. Do not miss it. Trust me. I don't case, I don't overhype things. I'm, I mean, I, I hype things, but I don't overhype things. And this one is, I think, probably the biggest event that we've done. It is the biggest event we've done with, with the most killer-ass people and uh, stuff that we've ever had. I, I, I haven't been to it before. So I'm, I'm very excited to uh, meet and greet and drink and eat. And, you know, you, you, you spelled meet M E E T, right? Not M E A T. Both. Okay, great. Good time. Wrong answer here. <laughs> All right, coming up. We'll get through that. That's this weekend, right? We're going to go ahead and hit it up with the Riz now. Are you ready to get schooled? It's time for Risden's Wisdom with the Riz, Jeff Risden. All right, everyone's favorite guest on the show, the Riz is here. How you doing, buddy? What do, we, what do we got today? We got Lions Wire going on. We got Real GM going on. We got you wearing Superman cape while you're wearing your Clark Kent jet glasses, so no one knows who the hell you are. What is all going on today? What 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 hats are we under? Uh, I am also, uh, I, I have to mention uh, ESPN 96.1 and uh, Big Drew and Jim because I was just on with them before I was on with you. Uh, as I drive home from OTAs, I am actually traversing Michigan as we speak. So uh, nice. I apologize if the audio quality goes bad. I'm in the car and I'm trying not to run into people um, on, on Interstate 96, which really sucks, by the way. <laughs> um, as, as much as we wanted Gretchen Whitmer to get fix the damn roads, um, the process of actually fixing the damn roads is really tedious. Yeah, I, I, I believe it. I can't really pro- possibly be worse than Indiana, though. I've never driven through Michigan, but driving through Indiana all the way all straight <laughs> up the uh, corridor there on the interstate was Case. one of the most harrowing experiences of my life. Case has no idea what he's about to experience when he comes to town. <laughs> <laughs> it can absolutely be worse than Indiana, oh, my friend. <laughs> you lose I, cell I phone receptions what, I, in, in potholes. <laughs> it's it's rough um and it took so so i live in holland um on, on the west side of the state and it's it should take me two and a half hours to get to allen park it took me almost four this morning uh that that's an indication of of where the roads are at and uh i'm an hour and a half into my drive home and i am not even to lansing yet so mm, mm. not cool <laughs> all right but but it's worth it right you 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 oh, sacrifice yourself it, it, for it, us it was awesome going across and seeing the the team as a whole for the first time this year. And I hadn't hadn't seen all these guys yet, so it was, it was cool to see um, Stafford out there. Nice to see Connor Cook throwing the football. Nice to see uh, you know just Savage. See 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 <laughs> see oh Tom Savage he's a beast. That's all you can say. Yeah, nice yeah. to see you know my, my guy Joe Tavai was in action. You know I got to see the rookies out there for the first time. It was cool. 
let me ask you something. And, and I talked about this a little bit earlier in the, in the show. Um, Taste of the Lions, when I met Stafford, I was surprised at how skinny he is. And he's skinnier than he used to be because he hit it. I mean, yes. when he was first, he was a little bit of a chunker. Um, he is, and, and I'm not saying he's like a scrawn bag, right? It's, it's, he's very lean muscle. He's, he's more, um, <laughs> he's more Lance Armstrong than Lou Ferrigno, right? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. The baby fat is gone from his face. You know, that, that was like the big characteristic from a long time. People called him fat Stafford and all yeah, that crap. Yeah, yeah. That, that ain't there anymore. He, he, he looks like a 30 year old man. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, he's certainly not without muscle mass. I mean, that, that's definitely there, but he is not the same sort of pudgy looking guy that you used to see that that guy's completely gone. Even, even from last year, he's, he's noticeably dropped a little bit more off of his, his frame. So I think that's a good thing, but you know, the, yeah. the people, hope- the people, people that wanted to see the, the squeezable cheeks, those are gone. <laughs> they got me. I just, I just hope he's, he stays. He, he, it's not a stress thing. That's, that's my one worry when I saw him, like how noticeably gaunt he was. I was just worried about the stress of everything going on at home if that was taking a toll on him at all. But I mean, mus- from a muscular perspective, those 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 muscles are all still there and all still ripped and rippled. But uh, yeah, he just looked a little thinner. I, I did I noticed it the most when I saw I tweeted the picture from Taste of Lions with him. Um, he just did. He looked like a little fella. So anyway, all right. So let's talk about OTAs. There was a lot going on. A lot of new guys. Let me ask one more question, and then I'll let Case ask the question about OTAs. Um, Hawkinson. How, how how big is he, Riz? Is is he a big, thick, tight end kind of fella, or he, I'm worried he he looks like a little bit lean. Maybe he he needs a little of that conditioning at the NFL level to to bulk in. He is not he is not like your your shredded big guy. He is not Gronk. I think is, is probably the easiest way to say it. He's go. not small. That um, there's definitely he's a bigger framed guy, mm-hmm. um, but but doesn't necessarily have you know the the huge hulking muscles on him. You know, he's not a guy who's ever going to be on the cover of American Fitness or anything like that. But that's just not who he is. But they, he looked good today. Uh, I, I tell you what, he caught a pass in the red zone uh, in, in a drill where he it, it you could see why the Lions really liked him as, as a top 10 pick uh, on, on a play like that from the package that they ran him from. And we're not allowed to talk about exact formations and everything, but let's just say um, if you're expecting two tight ends, you're going to be very happy. And you're going to be happy that TJ Hawkinson is one of them based on what I saw today. It's only one day, obviously, but uh, he, he looked like he belonged. Let's put it that way. Right, right. Okay. So what do you think? We got a new offense. Bevel's out there. Bevel's running uh, running the show, putting the boys into new uh, new looks, new plays. Uh, w- w- was everybody right? Was there, Were they doing nothing but running out there? There was definitely a lot of running going on. You know, there, there's... They look like a so. So I saw the Browns last week. So I'll compare it to that. There you go. There's 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 good energy going on in in Detroit. You know, I I think one of the things that I noticed, and I wrote about it last week at Lions Wire after you know Patricia talked um, last week. Um, Patricia is much more at ease this year. He's not as outwardly tense um, and hostile as the runner because he wasn't hostile last year, but he just wasn't all that welcoming. Um, or you know, just just seemed like like every little thing was bothering him. I don't get that sense from him this year. This year, and and you know, sitting in the press room today, one of the big things he joked with a couple of different reporters on the way out of the press room last year. He wouldn't have made eye contact with any of us. So so that tells me that he's a little bit more at ease with what he's doing this year. And he, he actually got asked the question. Uh, uh, I think Justin Rogers asked it to him. You know, what was different this year? And he just feels like. 
he's not sifting through everything as much. Like, like you think it was a newspaper story last year that might have put him on edge? Uh, just maybe <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Uh, and uh, the bozo who wrote that was sitting there, and I, I'm nice this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> yeah, it definitely. Yeah, I hate to use the word maturity with a guy who's the age that Patricia is, but uh, like (laughs) (laughs) that he, you know, I watched that press conference too. And he really, like you said, he he looked like he was much more at ease. And even when, even when it was clear that the, you know, reporters were trying to ask slightly edged questions, he was able to laugh and keep going. And, you know, that's, that's progress um, in terms of not being, upset which hopefully that translates into into you know uh his growth as a leader as a coach and and all those things um one specific player that's gotten a little bit of hype the first couple of days of OTAs and <laughs> Tease Tabor a couple yeah. of interceptions it's, it's 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 fool's gold it's fool's gold uh, I'm telling uh, well you. <laughs> I completely agree but I wanted to hear what Riz had to say on it but so he made a pick six today where he correctly anticipated the route and jumped in front of it and caught it. Uh, and he took off down the sideline. Now, keep in mind, nobody was chasing him, but he did run the entire 100 yards back to the other end zone and celebrated in style once he got there. Uh, it, it, it was a nice play. It, was, it showed that he understood what the offense was trying to do to him, and he, God bless him, he jumped right in front of it and took it and was very confidently picked it off. Um, I, I was happy to see it. Do you think it's a result uh, of them letting him sit in the wide receiver room? Is that how he's he's being? Uh, that? that that might have helped. Um, I will say this: the pass was not intended to Kenny Galladay or Marvin Jones. And when that happens in the regular season, you're going to not see very good things for this offense. Um, one of the takeaways that I had from today is that my God, please give us more receivers. These receivers. Yeah. Uh, so again, Marvin was off working on his own. Um, on, on the third field, um, there's three practice fields. We're relegated to sitting at the first field. The guys who are not working with the teams, who are working on their own, working with trainers, whatever, are on the third field in the opposite corner. Marvin was over there with them. He was running. He was fine. It, it wasn't like, you know, oh, my God, he's injured or anything. Uh, he just didn't do it. And, and Galladay didn't take any reps either. So your wide receivers were Danny Amendola, uh, Andy Jones, uh, who's the big guy? Um, they have a they have a big rookie uh, from Oklahoma. I can't think of his name. Uh, yeah, but he, um, he uh, it, uh, fuck. <laughs> I can't remember his name, but yeah, I mean, I, I I like the ceiling on that dude, but obviously, there's you know, he's going to have to put some work in. Yeah, um, and and you know, it's it's obvious that they're trying to get these guys as much work as they can, and they need it. Um, I, I came away from today thinking that my God, the slot receivers are really, really small. Um, the, the, the lacrosse player that they do, dude that they signed from, from Bryant college. Um, he looks exactly like Jace Billingsley, um, right down to the short little legs running at full speed all the time. Travis um, that's, Fulgham. that's what I said. Yeah, Fulgham. Ful, Ful, Fulgham's from old dominion. He's, yeah. he's another guy that's, uh, um, he, he, he's got a chance to stick, you know, both, both those receivers there, I, me- I think. Yeah. Did you see Jonathan Duhart too from Old Dominion? Yes. Um, How do do we get two people from Old Dominion the same year? (laughs) Did we just did we just like scout like four places and get guys from there and that was it? Is that really what happened here? (laughs) These guys are legit. One of one of Fulgham was at the Senior Bowl. Duhart was at the Shrine game and and did well there. They're both big guys too. So there's a 
honestly, I think they're probably fighting for the same roster spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the, let's just say that I'm not pleased with the wide receiving core the way I saw it today. It was like watching last year when Andy Jones and Brandon Powell were your starters. Oh, um, not having Amendola in there is better. Uh, and I do like the, the, the depth a little bit better than last year. Uh, I, uh, the dude from Franklin College uh, who, who didn't make it last year, um, he's back. Uh, and, I, and I like those. I'm blanking on names. And I apologize. I, I can't okay. look it up because I'm driving. Yeah. <laughs> we'll try to help <laughs> you. He, he had some moments today. He's wearing number 17. He had he had some positive moments today. I had a couple of pluses next to his name on the, on the roster sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you're, you're, if you're looking for a downfall for this offense, it is certainly at the wide receiver position. And we Dante's saw Alexander. That. Is that the one? Yes. Thank you. That's it. Alexander. We saw that coming, didn't we? I mean, it's, it's one of the things we talked about and there were so many other areas of need that we, we were, we were poking at with this team, but wide receiver was very quietly the one place where we thought we'd get a guy along the way that would really kind of set things up. And, and that just hasn't happened. I guess it's no one's really stepped up yet, but it's early and it's just OTAs. But I have yeah, not been super excited about that position and anyone we've gotten in it yet. If you ask me what the number one need for this team is, there is absolutely no question is is wide receiver on either side of the ball. It, it is the most glaring need, even if Galladay and Marvin are 100% healthy. They still add they, the, the depth. It, it's unproven at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not sure how much they're, they can prove uh, with the depth that they've got. I mean, th- th- there's some promise there. There's There's some potential. But my God, it's it, when you look at it compared to other positions, and maybe 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 it's because I came from Cleveland a week ago, mm-hmm. where their fifth wide receiver is Antonio Callaway, right. and he's really really good. He's probably better than anybody that's on the Lions right now. Mm. That maybe that shades it, that but the, the 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 stark lack of depth at wide receiver, man, it's it's scary. Let me. Uh, did you one see? Guy, hang on, real quick. One guy who is still out there is Crabtree. Oh, you, Michael. He's, he. I think he's going to be. I, I honestly think he's a ring whore, and I'm not sure that ring whores are going to look at Detroit this year. Um, Gerald McCoy is the same way. Um, there's a lot of people that are clamoring for him to sign. First off, I don't think he would no. start in Detroit, and he's he's not going to do that. But but he he he's ring whoring. Um, he's made no bones about that, and Detroit is just not going to get that kind of guy. That's that's not where this team is at right now, sure. uh, status wise. Sure. There's Kelvin Benjamin out there still. <laughs> so let oh me, my God. let me ask you. We don't need tackle depth. Kate. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you. Um, one of we the already things, got a snacks. One of the things we thought about was that these tight ends were going to help offset some of the, the need at wide receiver um, in, in yes. what you saw out there today. Did you see, I mean, I, we heard a little bit about Hawk. What about Nada? What about some of the other guys? Did we see anything there that leads us to believe we might see some of that? Or, yes, or do we definitely. need to really be worried still? <laughs> no, I, I would still be worried about wide receivers, but understand that they will be running a lot of multiple tight end sets, and they have multiple capable tight ends. Hawkinson looks like a guy who can catch 60 passes as a rookie. That wasn't there last year. Right. Uh, I, I think Nauda, I think Jesse James, who, who runs like he's holding in diarrhea all the time, but it, <laughs> it seems to work for him. It's better than me. I actually am. Jesse Jesse James was a super nice guy at Taste of the Lions. Quit picking on him. He's he's a little bit of a outside of the play style. He's just a a man crush. Okay, like you like you like the hair on many. uh, uh, Who's your quarterback? Uh, Brady Quinn. 
All all Brady Quinn. See, see? Jesse James. Jesse James was the guy that I, I could I could snuggle up with. He's a, he's a very very sexy man. All right, so um, we, we which, the tight ends which... are looking good, but so we're gonna have cornerback one and cornerback two on our tight ends, and then we're gonna put <laughs> the other guys. The other coverage is gonna be on our wide receivers. Is it that bad? No, it, uh, Amendola is good enough. Um, I, I love he's very crisp with his routes, which which was refreshing to see. Um, and, and relative to the guys who are running with him, I mean, again, that they, they don't have any size at all in the slot mm-hmm. and it doesn't look like any of the outside guys will ever play in the slot except for Galladay. But then if you're putting Galladay as, as your big slot, you know, who's your ex, you know, right. the, the, that guy's not Hopefully on the team right now, him, but we'll see what happens. With he, uh, he, he ain't there yet. We'll, we'll see. He's, he, That's he'll what get I, mean. no, I agree. Yeah. I completely agree. You know, they, they asked me on, on big Drew and Jim today, if, if you know, the, if they're going to be looking for wide receivers on the waiver wire or veterans who get caught or, you know, guys who might still be out there. Uh, and, and the overriding answer is hell yes, they are. I, I, I would not surprise me if the third leading receiver at wide receiver uh, isn't on this roster right now. It is somewhere else. Um, I don't know where, I don't know who, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they bring somebody in who winds up catching, you know, 40 to 50 passes um, in lieu of the rookies like Fulgham or Duhart or um, Alexander or any of those guys, sure. because uh, I it, it's it's not good, guys. It really isn't. No. You know, I, I I've been in other training camps. I've been in Colts camp. I've been in Texans camp. I was in Texans camp when Andy Jones was there, uh, and Andy Jones in that camp was probably the number six receiver. I want to say in Texans camp that year. The fact that he's number three right now on the outside in Detroit tells you a lot about where the wide receivers are at. Sure, sure. Let me ask you, um, flip to the other side of the ball, because there's a guy that's that's out there that everybody's worried about or wondering about right now. Um, he did pick up the name Hawaiian Punch along the way, Jelani Tavai. Did you see anything out of him that was impressive, that scared you? What, what, what's your general feeling on, on his performance so far? And it's early, we so- know that. Right. So I saw a play today where he ran out to the flat and his responsibility was Theo Riddick leaking out and Tavai beat him to the point at the sideline. Now, now hmm. to, to be, to be fair to Riddick a little bit, Riddick did have to hold up account because the throw was behind him, but I saw no problem with Tavai and he ran step for step in coverage with Jesse James with absolutely no problem at all. So if you're worried about a guy who you think is a plotter, he's certainly faster than that. Um, and he, he's going to be coming from, from, I, I don't see him lining up. Um, he's going to be next. I, I can't give away formational stuff, but sure. he's, he's going to play next to Jared Davis a lot. And Davis is going to be the chase guy. Uh, and, and Tavai is going to be the guy who hangs behind and plays the middle of the field in those formations by and large. Um, the, the, God, Michigan, clear up the dead deer off the fucking side of the road. That's <laughs> like eight of them now in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to get diverted. <laughs> Scary. Hold oh, on. God. Hold on. You, it just reminds your road crews me. out there. That reminds me of a Riz moment I got to bring out. So Strohs takes his shirt off. I took my belt <laughs> off and I'm primed <laughs> <laughs> and ready. <laughs> oh, Strohs, my man. <laughs> Oh God! There, there's so many great Riz moments. That's awesome. Yes. So, <laughs> so I I was happy to see Tavai today. I thought he looked. Uh, if if you're questioning his his athleticism, you need to see him in person because today that was not evident. That's now it, it, again, it's it's one day. It's it's a controlled Early. practice. They're not in full pads. He's wearing shorts. He's got the hair flowing out of the bottom of the helmet. But he looked like a guy who can start in the NFL uh, physically and athletically. 
wise today. I, I, I was, I'm not worried about the speed. Um, again, I was not all that worried about to begin with, but I, after seeing him in action today, um, relative to, to tight ends and the, the guys that are around him, uh, he, he's, he's every bit as fast as Jalen Reeves Maven was today, today. Will that hold over? Hopefully. But today I, I, I'm, I wasn't worried about it. For sure. Um, you probably don't get to see much of them, but did you have any takeaway from uh, any of the guys on either line? Um, the only thing that was, was that the offensive line was shuffling around, especially on the inside. Uh, yes. Ragnar was Ragnar was again at center. He was asked about it after practice. He seems to like playing center. He likes the idea of, of being cross-trained. He used that word. Um, Glasgow used it yesterday. Patricia used it in his press conference today that he likes the idea of cross training. He likes experimenting with what, what line combinations that he's got. Um, it wouldn't be a surprise. Oh, if Graham, if, even uh, if we went this. into the season, sorry, real quick, even if we went into the season with Glasgow at center, if Ragnow, if we don't have Ragnow, we don't have a backup center. Right. Um, well, Leo Kolo Matangi is still there. For, take oh, okay. that for what it's worth. I about I, I, it would not surprise <laughs> me if Frank Ragnow is your starting center, Graham Glasgow is your starting right guard, and they're plugging Abushi or Joe Dahl in at left guard. And I think that's probably a little bit better because if you're wor- if you're playing to the strengths of your line, Frank Ragnow is a better right guard than he is left guard. Um, or Glasgow, if you're moving him there, um, Patricia talked up big time his length at guard and how he likes that um, playing at guard more than center. So I, that that's something that we got to watch going forward is right now as your starting center and Glasgow possibly taking over for, for Lang at right guard. Uh, and, and I think Kenny Wiggins game is a little bit better suited for left guard than it is right guard. He, he's a little bit more of a finesse player. You generally have that as your left guard. Um, it, it, it'll be interesting to see if how much they keep tinkering with that. Mm. Tyrell Crosby sure looks like he's only playing tackle and he was playing left tackle today exclusively, which is fine. And I'm fine with that. And I had this discussion with, with Kyle Mikey and Jeremy Reisman of Pride of Detroit uh, and, and Chris Burke from the athletic. We were all talking about it. We're like, okay, you know what? If they're if that's their plan, if he's their swing tackle, fine, leave him there. Don't, don't mess with that. Yeah. Uh, and we all seem to come to that con- same conclusion today. And it sure looks like they're okay with him at being the third tackle. And by the way, that role tends to get a lot of work in the NFL these days. So I'm, I'm good with that. Okay, two things. First of all, um, <laughs> if you could have seen both Chris and I's faces when you said Joe Dahl, <laughs> our eyes just both went like... <laughs> I, had, like I had to be like reminded that he was on the roster today. Because I'm like, oh yeah, oh, that's Joe Dahl. Okay, uh, he's still here. With okay. the Looney Tunes bug eyes going at that point. <laughs> Second, no, um, I agree. Uh, I, I definitely am fine with uh, sticking one guy as our swing tackle, and I agree that that's a position that unfortunately gets a lot of usage, especially since we know that Wagner um, hasn't always stayed healthy, and neither has Decker. Um, one, now I completely forgot what my other point was, but it was okay. something else about the about the offensive line. One thing, though, as we were looking listening to the, some of the the clips today of the players talking, uh, you were you were right, Riz. Uh, Ragnar was talking about it. They were that conversation with Ragnar was all about he is the starting center. There was it was like wow that that's pretty conclusive the way they talked about it. And then Michael Hara and Michael Hara is the best foil or the best straight man. I don't know. He's 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 absolutely great. Um, I love Mike. Yeah. Oh, I do too. He's he's fabulous. 
Um, he 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 popped in with Stafford, and he's like, "So you got uh, Frank Ragnow playing the center?" And Stafford says, <laughs> "And says, oh whoa, he knows something I don't, right? <laughs> totally right. hung him up yes. to try, right?" <laughs> they talked about it, right? But it's all about positional flexibility, is what they're saying. But this time last year, when Ragnow was playing left guard, if everyone remembers, we were like the same thing. Well, this is just about positional flexibility. They're just playing around. And yeah. then he wound up playing right or left guard the whole damn year. Yeah. I really and did I was think like, what? Very good chance Glasgow would get moved out. Glasgow there. snaps the ball funny. This doesn't make sense. Why isn't Ragnow where he goes? Ragnow did say today, and, and again, we heard it earlier, he loves calling those plays in offense. That's the thing he loved about it, about his position in college. So I, I think he's he's well-suited for that. And building the, the line around him and putting him in that position is good. I don't think that wherever we land on this, that it's bad that he winds up at center. I think it's probably the best place for him. Someday he will be our center, I suspect. Oh, yeah. Yes, I agree yeah, with that. Whether or not I think he would be happy to have it be this year. And I don't think yeah. either that Graham Glasgow would have a problem with that either. I think, I think Glasgow is secure enough in his game that he'd be happy moving to guard if it makes the team better. Uh, yeah. I, I get that total team vibe from him, and I got it from. Uh, so I was standing um, within arm's reach of Mike when he was talking and asking that question, uh, and and <laughs> Ragnar's reaction was was like, "Yeah, okay." It sure seems like he thinks he's going to be the starting center. Yeah, yeah. Um, Without saying that he is, it sure looks that way. And one of the things, and this is a, a thing we talk about a lot with uh, players in the NFL, is how much they're. Um, they're accepting of these changes of roles. People talked about Slay and taking another, like putting Patrick Peterson across from him. He would be uh, jealous or whatever else. But Ragnow and Glasgow send, sat next to each other at Taste of the Lions and were like brothers. They were like old oh, yeah, friends. Oh, yeah, they're boys, man. Oh, yeah, they're, they they're were definitely cool boys. as hell. And you can tell there was, didn't seem to be any uh, tension or stress about who was playing what position. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with where they lined up. Oh yeah, I'm 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 very comfortable with four fifths of our starting offensive line being returning from last year, and you know if if Wiggins if if, if because he fits in and I tell you what he fits in personality wise with those guys pretty well. I don't know if he can play to that level, but he sure seems like like they like him. Um, it, it, I it, it's much less I'm much w- less worried about the offensive line than most fans who are going to listen to this and who will watch the Lions this year. I'm in uh, agreement with you. Uh, and, and keep this in mind. Last year was the best offensive line that Matthew Stafford has ever played behind. No question. Uh, the only possible one would be the year um, where Dominic Riola had that late year, that late oh, career yeah. hiccup where he was really, really good that yeah, one year. That was 2011, year. wasn't it? Yeah. I, I believe it was. Um, that Last year is the... That that's the only other year that comes close to the offensive line play that he had last year. But they couldn't run block for shit. Right. Right. And so I'm again. If you if you if you think that the offensive line was what was bothering Matthew Stafford last year, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Matthew Stafford was the problem last year, and he acknowledged it a little bit this year. He that yet even today, I got to play better. I didn't play great last year, and I know it. Yep. Uh, and that that's that's a prevailing theme, uh, and it's good to hear him say that because. He wasn't good last year. Mm. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's um, let's really, really quick take a, a look. I know there's uh, anything else from OTAs. I got to ask. Uh, Case, do you have anything else from OTAs before we move on? No, I think we're good. Okay, cool. I'm going to ask one last question. 
Um, anything from Bevel that you see besides formation little stuff you, you, you talk about, but anything significant changes as far as how things ran with Bevel over Cooter um, in OTAs this year? Uh, nothing really that, that stands out. Okay. It's um, early, right? Not, not n- a lot yeah, nothing on that. I, I will say this, though. Connor Cook looked really good today as a backup quarterback. Really? So I'm, hey. I'm, I'm very encouraged by that. He can make throws that Matt Castle couldn't even dream about making anymore. And he might not even win the job. So I'm, I'm very happy with the, with the Lions have upgraded at backup quarterback. That and, makes me happy. And let's not forget how good Matt Castle looked when uh, Tom Brady was down. All right. Uh, let's, <laughs> we're going to take a little step. Um, we got Riz here. We got Case here. We're going to do something that we just love to do. And, with all the the love we're getting from the boys and I prevail, we're going to go ahead and use their drop to take you around the division. All right, all right, all right, all right. Calm down. I can't. I, can't. I was made to rise above it, brother. That's a great song. And I'll tell you what, I, I got to give a, a, a big yell out to, to Brian again, um, singer from I Prevail. He wore the podcast T-shirt on stage in at, at a, a festival. And uh, Which one was it? Was it the Lions with the headphones? Yes, yes, yes. Which is uh, sweet. Yeah. Really, really an awesome design. Yeah, it really is. That's Trev all the way, man. That's good stuff from him. But so, so Brian Ward at, the, at one of the festivals, he uh, it's on YouTube. I put a, I tweeted uh, a couple links to it and uh, a couple still photos. Looks freaking hot, man. It's 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 great. So much love to all the guys that I prevail touring. They're going to be in Detroit on the twenty fourth. Do not miss them. They are a hot ass show. And I've got to figure out. I've got to travel somewhere that isn't local to me or Detroit because when we're going to be in Detroit for the party, they're going to be in Orlando down by me. <laughs> and every time, we can't. We just can't seem to figure out. So I'm going to have to find up a place to see that. Maybe I'll do Grand Rapids with you, Riz, if you're up for it. That sounds good. That's like the week after the party too. So yeah, yeah. I'll be here. All right. <laughs> All right, Case. Why don't you kick us off on the, our travels around the division? Where do you want to start? Well, I want to talk about draft stuff um, because. We've been we've been pretty focused, you know, Lions heavy, and we just haven't really had a chance to get into much uh, in the way of what other teams and in the division have done and what they, you know, um, picked up and how that may affect, you know, things going forward. Uh, I I think maybe it makes sense to start with the Bears on this one, just because um, there's the least to talk about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 Well, their first round pick was just killer. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm thinking, you know, not a lot of controversy around it. I mean, it was probably the the, the least controversial first round pick they've had in a couple of years. So, uh, and they, and they gave nothing away for it. That was great. So, um, <laughs> you, you got like Khalil Mack. <laughs> okay, so their first pick is in the third round. They take David Montgomery, running back out of Iowa State, which um, I'll mention is both of my parents' alma mater. And if it weren't for Iowa State, I would not be here. So, props to that, I guess. Um, David Montgomery is is a dynamic running back. Uh, there's no lie about that. You can see some aspects of maybe carry on Johnson's game in what he does, the elusiveness behind the line, uh, the, the patience waiting for things to open up maybe a little bit, um, lack of top end speed. But, uh, but if you, um, 
and I'll admit that I haven't watched, you know, a lot of his game film. I've mostly just seen the highlights. And but what happens when I watch a player's highlights, I always am looking for how much of this did they, did they create for themselves um, in these highlights, and especially, especially on a lot of his touchdown runs because they did he did get score quite a few touchdowns in short yardage situations. Um, I was mostly impressed in the in in pretty much every one of those highlights with uh, how wide a hole he was able to run through into the end zone. All right, so um, before I'm not going to jump in with the 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 young 14 year old comment there, but I got to ask straight up, Riz, is he an upgrade over Jordan Howard? That that's really what it comes down to. When I'm looking at the, the running back position, there is he an upgrade? As a runner, no. As a receiver, yes. As a fit for what they do, yes. Yeah, in, in their offense and the way that Trubisky plays quarterback, he probably fits what they do a little bit better. But sure. Jordan Howard, if you need a third down and three converted, you would give the ball to Jordan Howard 10 times out of 10 before you give it to David Montgomery. Right. And, the- and, and you're right. That's that's the piece about it, because on third and three, the Bears with Trubisky don't want to run the ball. They want to throw the ball. Right. And, and, or, they, and roll they him out. Move, they want to get Trubisky out to the yeah. outside. Yeah, yeah. Or a run pass option or something like that. And he can do that. Um, they, they, that's, that's the kind of quarterback that he had at Iowa state. So I, I, I get why they did it. I wouldn't have taken him there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade Jordan Howard though, but I'm not, I'm sure. not Ryan Pace. So, so let me ask one more question. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Case to take you off your game. Here. Go ahead. Um, when we pair this, this up against the lions, this, uh, Jordan Howard versus, um, Montgomery, where, who, who lines up better against the lions and the lions defense this year? What did they improve here or did they not? I don't know if they got better against Detroit there because I I, I think the combination of, of Jared Davis, I think Devon Kennard plays the, the mm-hmm. type of runner that, that Jordan Howard is pretty well. And uh, Montgomery is, is a little bit more apt to take the ball and get outside right away. And I think that's mm-hmm. where you can have more success running against the Lions. But at the same time, I think the Lions upgraded their tackling at cornerback. I, I think they, they got a little bit more athletic. Right. Um, and I, I, I think that the safeties crashing down will be more effective against him too. Yeah, and I and I apologize again, Case. This is no, where you're... my my focus is right now is on team to team NFC North. Uh, how did we get better versus them? Versus overall, hey, the Packers got better. Yeah, everybody got better in the draft, right? Uh, very few teams at this point got worse. But what's where do we where do we pair up against them? How do we all you know with the differential between who got better against the Lions and hey they may be better overall and against the rest of the league that's great. But if the Lions are better as a result, that's what I was I was trying to poke around for. The uh, I think you know the addition of Flowers who sets an edge better than what we had most of last year would also help a little bit in containment of those kind of backs who like to bounce outside a lot. He's a little um, guy too. <laughs> uh, but just in general, because I mean, nobody's going to run up the middle very well against us. I mean, in no, theory, no, they're not. Um, but I mean, they, they have had success going to the outside because our, our you know, uh, our, our defensive ends, our edge players weren't necessarily the best at setting the edges. Um, but I do think that Trey Flowers is a big upgrade there as well as a pass rusher. He is a big upgrade in terms of, of, of making sure guys don't get out the outside on his side. Obviously there's a whole other side of the field. Um, but I, I do think that that's a, that's an improvement there. And then you look at whether or not Tavai is an upgrade um, to cover that other side of the field. And you hope he is. Um, yeah. Based I, I on mean, Riz's words today. And again, it's early OTAs, right? But um, 
I feel really good about the front seven. Tavai was the big one that had me worried. I feel I feel really good about our front seven and and where we stand as a team. We were solid last year. I feel like we've made a good upgrade, and um, I think against a guy like Montgomery, when when, when you look at the, the the corners, like you said, I think we 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 stack up well here. That front seven is going to be what this defense relies on this year. But sorry, that's not around the division. That's inside the Allen Park. So I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, their next uh, their fourth round pick was uh riley ridley uh younger brother of calvin ridley who plays for the falcons he, he is, is so unathletic he tested terrible yeah. and and it shows on film too he is not his brother he is not a dynamic athlete at all this is a guy that nevin lawson would have matched up beautifully against he's, he's gone <laughs> he he calls himself and if he's calling himself it, then, you know, it's sort of a, <laughs> <laughs> um, he calls himself a technician. Um, yeah, which, yeah, that's, I mean, he yeah. is a good route runner, but he's not going to be, he's, he's going to be a guy who's, who's like ceiling is probably a number three who can move the chains for you sometimes, you know, with a, with a, you know, a, a matchup against somebody who just, you know, misses a step on him or something like that. Um, but I really don't think that, you know, he doesn't project long-term as a major threat. He projects as a, you know, a role player. Oh, definitely. And he's a guy, and I, I feel confident in saying this, the Lions were not Riley Ridley people in the draft at all. They, they're <laughs> like, okay, no, no, not that guy. Um, he, he, he wasn't even the, he wasn't even the second best Georgia receiver in this draft. <laughs> yeah. Hardman and uh, 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 Godwin were both better than him um, in terms of NFL prospects. Now they're different styles of receivers, but uh, I I don't think this guy can play. Honestly, I, I'll be surprised if he does more than uh, I think his career peak is what TJ Jones was for the Lions last year. I think that's the kind of guy that he is. Mm, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, they had three more picks, um, two cornerbacks, uh, neither of which I know anything about. Uh, one running back who projects mostly as a, a special teams guy if he makes the roster. Uh, so a sixth and two seventh rounders. I don't know that there's much that really needs to be said about those unless Riz has any strong opinions on them. Who are the, who are the cornerbacks? I can't, I can't look it up. Right uh, hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. It is Duke Shelley and Stefan Denmark. Oh, Den- Denmark is a serious athlete. He's a project, but that guy has some yeah. serious potential. He's a guy, uh, I know the Browns were high on him. Uh, a guy that he, he belongs on the practice squad, but he, he can play down the line. He's, there's something sure. there with him. So they, they're building for the future. They're, they're really good on defense. Um, and I, I don't want to oversell that, but they won the division last year because their, their defense was really good. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're still really good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, Kareth White Jr. is the running back. I couldn't tell you who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't either. Huge so. pickup. Pick um, All right. Okay, so I, I'm going to skip over the Vikings and come back to them. Um, but we'll move to the Green Bay back, Packers. Um, obviously, first round pick was Sean Gary, uh, defensive line. And he was the kind of guy who got anywhere, uh, projected anywhere from like top five by some to... Uh, maybe fallen out of the top 20 by some, and he seemed to like he bounce back and forth and back and forth. Um, he seems to be a really, he seems to be a really head scratching pick um, in terms yes. of fit for the Packers. Um, 
what I will say real quick before before Riz takes over on this one is that I, I listened to a Packers podcast today while I was at work um, and and got Sorry. their perspective on it. And something that the guy, it was, it was Pack-A-Day uh, podcast. Um, I'd never heard of it before. So um, was that his RAS score and his, uh, um, um, what's the other one? The other athletic score. Spark. Spark, that's the one, are off the charts. And Packers have a history of using that, those, you know, using those kind of metrics and not, not necessarily say that they specifically go by those metrics because they may not even know what those are, um, but that the players they pick tend to be players that are very high in those metrics. Yes. And so it makes sense in that way. Well, one of the things that came out today was that one of the players who was super sparky and a huge RAS guy was their second round pick a couple of years ago, their safety, uh, Josh Jones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Bye -bye. They're, they're ready to get rid of him. Um, he, he, so they have drafted two full secondaries in the first and second round in the last five years. Wow. And almost none of them are still with the team. That's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's crazy that's to me. Absolutely insane. And I mean, and so much treasure spent, right? On guys right. That, that are not making it. And, and this is this is what killed Mayhew. I besides the fact that we couldn't develop players and the coaches and all that, he just he'd hit one guy or two guys, but otherwise none of the guys lasted longer on the on the roster longer than three years. No. And and Ted Thompson um, was, was a wonderful GM for a very long time. He lost a hell of a lot off of his fastball late in his evaluation career. And he was throwing he, change ups, he, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the best of those, the best guy that he took um, was Demarius Randall, the last coach didn't like him and sent him to Cleveland for Deshaun Kaiser. Wow, so, I mean, they, they've, they've had. Oh, I can't tell you how much addition by subtraction they got by making their coaching change. I really can't. Um, for, and, and talking to a couple of guys who, who are in and around the Packers all the time, it, it's it's more than what the difference between Rod Manelli and Jim Schwartz was. It's like they had so tuned out Mike McCarthy, and they both the offense and the defense knew that he was just worthless to them, essentially. So no matter what questions you have about them hiring in a rookie coach, it's going to be better than what they had last year. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's zero, zero doubt in my mind that they're going to have a much better coaching staff than what they did last year. And the best, now, where does, where does Rashawn Gary fit into that? I don't know because Mike Pettin likes uh three. He's, he's a, a base three, four guy who stays in the base three, four and uses the outside guys as real outside guys. That's not Rashawn Gary's game. And yeah. he, he steadfastly refuses to play with a hand in the dirt. He does not want to do that. So I don't know where he plays. If they're playing him as the, the Clay Matthews replacement, good luck with that. Because that's that's not him. I don't I, I don't get the fit for it. I really yeah. don't. I love their defensive downline. Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, those guys are great. But yeah. I, I don't get where he fits into that team. That they sure. were they would have been much better off taking Chase Winovich than than Rashawn Gary. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Winovich, uh, that, well, that's a whole different story. Um, and and the one thing that, as a non-Packers fan, as an FTP fan, um, that you can hope for is that absolutely they're better through subtraction, addition through subtraction. But the the Aaron Rodgers factor, if 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 he can sabotage this coach's career. <laughs> 
through his Aaron <laughs> Rodgers isms, then uh, I think there's a lot of satisfaction to be had for Lions fans there. But otherwise, yeah, this is a sad story for us. Yeah, they. Uh, I said it um, on a radio spot yesterday, and I was on the spot in in uh, it was it Bossier City, Louisiana, which is like Saints territory. Uh, but we actually Did we drive through that? Of, we, uh, no, that that's like. <laughs> It's like out in the middle of nowhere. Um, we we north, had to use that fan north, boat. Northwest, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, exactly. You need a fan boat to get away from the Gators. <laughs> we were talking a lot of Frank Ragnow because he's he's from near that area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but I said on that show that the Packers are probably the most improved team in the NFC, and I do believe that. Um, I, the, mm. Getting Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith, those guys are both. Those guys are both really good. Um, I, I, I actually would have preferred Preston Smith to Trey Flowers in Detroit. Um, he's a little bit of a different player. He's a little bit more of a power-oriented player where Trey is a little bit more versatile. But they, they got so much better this offseason. It, it really pisses me off. Well, there you go, guys. It's not going to be 34 to nothing. It's probably going to be 21, <laughs> 23 nothing, maybe the best we can do. All right, Case, take us on. Well, okay, so they had a second first-round pick a little while later. And I'll be perfectly honest, I, I don't know as much about this guy. Um, and that is Darnell Savage. He wasn't somebody that was like... He wasn't somebody that I ever saw the Lions having any interest in. So I, I, didn't, I didn't focus on him nearly as much as I did on Gary and the pre-draft process. Um, maybe, Jeff, you can give us a little bit yeah. more insight on whether or not he's a fit for them, what he brings to them, etc. So they, they they took Demarius Randall, who's a college free safety at Arizona State, and instantly installed him at cornerback. And that appears to be what they're doing with Savage as well. He was oh, okay. a free safety at Maryland, but it sounds like they are going to play him, if not at cornerback full-time, at least part-time. And I think, by the way, that's what the Lions are going to do with Will Harris, the, the same sort oh, of gosh. thing. Um, Savage can fly. He's got wheels. He has some decent ball awareness skills, if not ball skills. Uh, I, I like him. I think he's a good player. I think he, I think the the fact that Jones wants out is directly tied to Savage's presence as well. I think that. Sure. that so I, 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 it's a little high for me for him. I, I thought he was a second round, a solid second round prospect. But I, I I get where they need it because they, they keep swinging and missing with all these damn quarterbacks all the time. <laughs> so he's he will. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he starts and is better than the starter that they had there last year. There you go. All right, Case, where are you taking us now? Are we still in Green Bay? Well, yeah, we better we better uh, the second talk round. about a couple other guys they've got. <laughs> uh, Jay Sternberger, tight end. He was you know one of the top tight ends in this draft. Um, yeah. Not, not a strong blocker at all, but he no. might be the, uh, he, he has potential to be uh, the best receiving tight end, at least, um, at least fit and, 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 you know, growth potential wise with the team that Rogers has ever had. No, I mean, Rogers both had Jermichael Finley and Jimmy Graham at one point. Um, and they're probably, you know, they were both excellent receivers in, in, in one way or another. Um, Sternberger may be a better click with what they're trying to do. He could be. The, the big worry with him was that he was an absolute nobody until about week three last year. And mm-hmm. he, he caught two passes in two years at Kansas. Kansas yeah. sucks. 
and he couldn't play at Kansas. And all of a sudden, in a in in Jimbo Fisher's offense at Texas A and M, with a decent quarterback, but a a scheme that's very friendly for guys of his skill set, he thrived. And uh, I I liked him in the draft process, and I'm I, I thought the Lions did have some interest in him. He is a, he is definitely a receiver only. He is. Um, He's not the athlete, I don't think. Um, he, he's a long strider. He's not a guy who's going to get open quickly. Sure. But he can really stretch the seam, and Rodgers loves those guys. Uh, so I, I, I think he's a solid fit for what they do. Uh, the, uh, again, it, he, he's not TJ Hawkinson. He, he, I, I don't think he's he's close to the all-around player that TJ Hawkinson is going to be. I think Hawkinson is going to be better in the red zone. But for a guy who can move the chains in between the 20s, I, th- I think they got a good one in Sternberger. You're killing me here. You are not making me feel good about the demise of the Packers that I so prematurely uh, predicted here, Riz. I, I, we're going to talk about this off, off the air. Well, this next one might at least you know lighten the, the mood a little bit on that. And it, it, uh, Kingsley Kiki, uh, all, uh, Sternberger's uh, teammate from Texas A&M, yeah. Um, it, it, there's similar issues. I, I think maybe between him and Gary in terms of how the hell are they going to use him? Yeah, I don't, I, I, think I thought, probably, I thought he projected as a four, three defensive end best, but I mean, I don't know. He's, he's not somebody um, I scouted like in great detail. Yeah. He, he strikes me as the guy who's going to back up Mike Daniels. And I don't think okay. he's going to see the field a lot, but yeah, he, he's another their defense, how they run their defense is going to be interesting to watch this year because they have some some good pieces, but they also have some pieces that are like, ah, I don't know exactly what they're trying to do there. Uh, they're, they're definitely going to be bigger than they used to be. Um, whether that works for them or not, we'll see. Mike Pettin is a blitz-happy guy. So, I, again, Kiki doesn't really fit that. Gary doesn't really fit that. Their inside linebackers aren't good at that, so I don't know. I don't know. I, they, they'll look if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. There's no sure. question about yeah. that. Yeah. And I do think their secondary is better than it was. Um, sw- essentially, swapping in Amos for for yeah. Aha, Clinton Dix, I, I think that's a positive move on their part. Mm-hmm. I agree. Unfortunately, um, and and on, uh, the other unfortunate part, of it, I don't think it hurt the Bears as much as we wanted it to because they have enough depth there at safety, which is frustrating. Um, the, 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 it, we talked about this at the, at the party last year, Chris. We, it made a big impression on you when Jim yeah. Brandstatter yeah. said yeah. the other teams got better too. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that has to be preached with this, with the, the Lions this year yeah. is that, yes, the Lions are a lot better, but look around the division. Other than Minnesota, which I don't think got a lot better. Uh, I, well, I, think I don't the Packers, think the Bears got better at all, personally. The Bears the Bears probably did not get better either, uh, and they are primed for a fallback, uh, and yeah. that will be sweet and for some of the obnoxious that fans. Detail. That'll be that'll be very nice. But it wouldn't surprise me at all. If, injury issue. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Bears and Packers swapped places this year. You know, the the, mm. the Bears were what twelve and four last year. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me at all if the Packers went twelve and four this year, and the Bears dropped back to being well, it won't be well. Packers were what seven nine seven eight and one or something like that, yeah, yeah or yeah. seven and nine. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if the Bears fell back to six and ten. Although if Trubisky improves, they mm. could they could still be a five hundred team if he improves. That's a big if. So 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 let's just let's just right now paint before we go to Minnesota. Paint the picture. 
And and I'm not asking you for a prediction, but you know, bears and lions. Do you see the bears above or the lions above the bears at that that fifty that five hundred? If if Matthew Stafford is the Stafford that was here in 2015 to 2017, absolutely. The guy that played in 2018, that if he, if that's the Matthew Stafford we get this year, this is a last place team. Yeah, you know what? I I, I honestly don't believe. I'm gonna after everything else we've seen, I, I just really have put my money on the fact that this was really a Jim Bob Cooter thing. That Stafford's performance last year was everything was figured out by everybody else. And I mean, if, if everybody at home could, could sit home and, and tell you what the next play was, you know, that the other teams have, have, have figured this shit out. Uh, I just Definitely. feel like this is a whole different schematic year, piece. I'll, that's going to help him be way, way better and be the Stafford that we know and expect. I'll defend Stafford on this too. His back was worse than what he let on last year. He had, he played through a back injury. That is not an easy thing for a quarterback to do. No. So I, I, I will give him credit for that as well. And uh, based on how he looked physically today, he's, he's swinging the ball around just fine. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not worried about that. I am worried that he gets locked in on the right, the wrong receiver, that uh, that the offense will be a little predictable because Daryl Bevel's offenses have always been predictable. That's sure. that's kind of what he is. He's it, some be, winners, it won't be the Jets calling out the plays in, in the first quarter of the first game, but it will be, okay, we, we have a pretty good idea of what the Lions are going to try to do offensively. And can Stafford rise above that? Yes, he's shown that in the past that he can, but he does need to show it again. Which is a great throwback to how he opened around the division that rise above it by prevail. Just got to put that in there again. <laughs> there you go. All right. Case, take um, us to three, the next. Three more guys. Three more guys. I'm just going to say their names for the Packers. And if, if any of them mean anything of major significance to you, Riz, go right ahead. Um, uh, Kadar Holman, Dexter Williams, Ty uh, Summers. I like Kadar Holman uh, from Toledo feisty cornerback uh, has ball skills, has attitude uh, reminds me some of, of my boy, Brian body Calhoun. We, you Uh-oh. guys know he's one of my favorite yeah. players. He's not um, picture. If Quandre Diggs didn't tackle well, that's, that's the kind of player that Kedar Holman is. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I like Quandre Diggs because he tackles really, really well and hits really well. Yeah, he does. He he looked good today too. He's oh, I, I love that dude. He's yeah. so good. He's really you know I I have to be a hundred percent transparent here. When we first signed him, I was like meh, but he has stepped up and his game has. It, when he moved, his, everything just changed. And 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 I he I have a little bit of a, a man crush on on Quandre. He's he's really got it going on. He's a good dude, yeah. real good dude. Yeah. I lo- I loved writing the story last week about him presenting that jersey to that woman who lost her. Her Q Diggs jersey and her and when her house flooded, yep. that was awesome. Yeah, what a guy! He's, what a guy! He is both hot on people who need some heat and and cool as hell for people that need a cool man in their life. He he's got it all. He's he's a really cool guy. So, all right, Case, take us to Minnesota. Let's let's get some giggles in. <laughs> oh, and some snarts. Uh, all right, sorry, I'm catching up here. Um. <laughs> Okay, I just the peep on. That was a that was a love letter. That's that damn straight it was. <laughs> um. All right, so the 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 Minnesota draft class, and we're we're gonna have a hard time touching on every single one of these players because there's a lot of them. Um, but I have a, okay. I, I want to break it into like two chunks. I want to talk about the first four rounds and then everything else. Um, Garrett Bradbury, center, 
Irv Smith Jr. tight end, Alexander Madison running back, and Drew Samia Samia, uh, offensive guard. Um, What it appears to me that the Vikings were out to do in the early, I mean, aside from going offense for, you know, the, with their first four picks after, after, you know, admittedly focusing a little bit on the defense in pre-agency um, was a focus on need and fit over talent and or ceiling. Hmm. Is that I think fair? That's fair. Yeah, it is. I do like Garrett Bradbury a lot though. That guy can play. He's a, he well, is... feels similarly. I feel like there's some there's something to say about him in comparison to Frank Ragnow last year for us. Yeah, they are similar dudes. I think Ragnow is a little bit more country strong, if you understand Mm -hmm. what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think I also think that Ragnow is a little bit smarter of a football player. And that's not saying that Garrett Bradbury is just you know automaton out there you know walking around running in the walls um, and licking licking bus windows. Uh, (laughs) But I I think Ragnow just has a, a more natural football IQ. I, I like Bradbury. He would have been, he was a guy, if the lions were going to take a guard or center, he was the guy that I wanted. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. What about Irv Smith jr. Let me ask you about, about him. Cause um, I had a little bit of a, I had a little bit of, I'm not writing any Lamar love letters here, but I really liked Irv Smith. And uh, so I, I. I, I thought he would be a good fit somewhere down the line for us. If we didn't go for Hawk early um, is, do you think there's any, I, I haven't heard that Rudolph has been signed yet. I don't know where he sits in. in, in I mean, he's through, he's in contract through this year. So okay, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah they're trying to trade him allegedly. We'll yeah, it, what's the what's the dynamic going to be between Irv and and Kyle Rudolph? Kyle's been the guy, right? He's he's enjoyed a pretty uh, haughty lifestyle as the tight end in in uh, in Minnesota. I'm not sure what his uh, kind of concept of ego is. He's he's like. In, for whatever reason, Kyle Rudolph gets talked like he's like this top five tight end. He's like an average starting tight end in my book. That's not bad, but you can do better. Which seemed um, like a really like big improvement to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what, what happened this offseason, yes, uh, our tight end situation was so bad that I fell in love with Kyle Rudolph because it seemed like a much better situation than what we had. Yeah, I'm not sure that he's that much better than Jesse James. He probably I, I'd take him over Jesse James, but I I I, I understand Jesse James being fine. Um, yeah, I, Irv Smith. The thing with me, um, and I, I got this from from arguing with Kent Platt because I really did like what I saw from Irv Smith on the field, but his athletic testing at his size. The guy is DJ Williams. If you don't remember DJ Williams, he was a Packers pick. I want to say yeah. fifth round about eight to 10 years ago. And I loved him coming out of Arkansas. And I, and uh, actually the first year that I ever got to vote for the Mackey award, I voted for him as the best tight end in the country. And I thought he was going to be great as like an H back move tight end. And it just didn't work for him. And he is so physically similar to Irv Smith mm. that it scares me about Irv Smith. And I can't unsee that comparison. But at the same time, I did like Irv Smith. I like what he did at Alabama. I like the fact that he's, he hasn't, He's Irv Smith Jr. because his dad played in the NFL. He played for the Saints. Yeah. Uh, I, there's a lot to like about him, and I, he seems like the kind of guy that Kirk Cousins will gravitate towards as well. And that 
you know, I'm not going to say anything bad about Kirk Cousins, but uh, sorry, guys. I, I, I like the guy. I, I live in his hometown, so I'm, I'm contractually obligated to love Kirk Cousins. Uh, but I, I do think that, that like Swift is, is, is the kind of guy who can play well with him. And I love his contract in Minnesota, so I, I, I love Kirk yeah. Cousins in his own way, too. It's okay. <laughs> it sounds copacetic. All right, uh, let's go. Let's get let's get top two or three more, and then uh, we'll let Riz go. He's got some driving to do, and uh, we. I'm tired it, of looking at these dead deer. My God, Michigan, clean the damn deer off the road. It's bugging me. Wait, are we on a loop now? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Um, <laughs> Alexander Madison, running back. Uh, this this one's probably Former the head scratcher. Right? Of their uh, what's that? Former president, resident, res- <laughs> relative of Spiro Agnew. Sorry, oh I, mean, I had to go into that. Hitting that uh, Daniels a little hard over there. We? Okay, um, it's a good reference. Come on, Riz knew who Spiro Agnew was. Come on, I know who I Spiro it. Agnew is. You do now because you looked it up. All right, go ahead, Samuel Adams. Okay. Alexander Madison, no, same guy. running back, Boise State. This is probably the biggest head-scratcher of their draft, um, and even I think most Vikings fans would agree with that. Um, it's not that he's a bad player, and I think that the, this is this pick probably epitomizes that uh, need and fit over talent uh, more than any other. Um, he, he, they want him to be the replacement for Latavius Murray in this offense, but he's just not that impressive he's he's zach zenner <laughs> that's whoa don't they, don't they, talk they, him they, down like they, that they just took zach zenner in the third round i don't right. get that either <laughs> i love zach zenner but i wouldn't have loved him if as much you know as a third round pick exactly <laughs> that, 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 one of the reasons why lions fans love him is that he's an undrafted free agent who has right. stuck around right if he had the expectations of being a third rounder, that would be different. If Eric Ebron was a third round pick, people would have loved him. They would have yeah. jizzed all over the place every time he caught a ball. But no, because he was a top ten pick, that oh, he sucks. <laughs> yeah, he was, it's all the frames perspective. Yeah, yeah. But he did Forget suck. Forgive my jism resonance. <laughs> no, no, it's it's okay. <laughs> he's just not. He's not. He's strong. But he's not particularly fast. Um, the one you know, the one feather in his hat, really, that I've been able to find is that. Um, you can claim that when he gets more carries, he gets better. And, he does. And um, the same thing could be said of Zach Zenner. <laughs> uh, Jelani Tavai, by the way, uh, whacked him hard when they played, not this past year, but the year before that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. If you can watch that Hawaii Boise game, he, uh, Tavai puts a serious, it's, it's like one of Tavai's best highlights is, is slamming that dude. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right, so the next guy, offensive lineman Drew uh, Samia. I'm not sure yeah. if I'm saying that. Samia. Okay, yeah. thank you. Um, um, it, it seems like a depth uh, offensive line pick, um, which again, major major need for them. Um, it's just not like is the top end is he's, ceiling he there is, to like. He is starting upside. He's not there yet, okay. but he's a guy. He can be. He's better than Joe Dahl when Joe Dahl. Now they're very different players. Samia is a power player, where Dahl was sort of a a, a strong guy who played a finesse game. Uh, Samia is kind of the opposite of that. He's 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 more of a a power guy who doesn't necessarily have the natural power to do it. 
um, from what I saw at Oklahoma anyways. Now, some of that is the fact that he played next to, to brute thugs at tackle. Um, those, uh, uh, Brown last year and uh, Ford this year. I mean, those guys are just street fighters. He has that sort of mentality. He, he's, he wasn't a bad pick. He's, it's a good value where they got him, and they certainly need depth on their offensive line. I wouldn't argue with that. Okay, so um, here's we'll we'll play this game again because the Vikings have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight more picks. They had twelve total picks, which is the most in franchise history, I believe. Um, So, uh, well, uh, anyway, since they moved the uh, since they moved the draft to eight or seven rounds or whatever. so let me just run through these names and positions. And then after I do that, you can jump out with whatever, if any of these guys like stick out significantly to you. Um, there's Cameron Smith, linebacker, fifth round. Armin Watts, defensive tackle. Marcus Epps, safety. Uh, Ali o- Udo. Oh. Oli Udo. Udo. <laughs> Udo, thank you. Chris Boyd, Dylan Mitchell. All about, all, all I'm on the jack. I'm on the jack. That's my- <laughs> and Austin Cutting, line uh, long snapper at the in the very very end of the seventh. They took a long snapper. How dare they? Very end of the seventh. Dumbasses. No, that's okay. Um, it kind of wipes the clean our mistake of the past. They're the um, most recent long snap grabber. To be fair, they took them a lot further after we took ours. <laughs> They're the most they recent. They're the most recent. That's all that matters. <laughs> Recency bias. Eat it up. Yeah, um, he wasn't the first long snapper taken either. Now that I think back, didn't the Jets yeah. take one in like the fifth round? <laughs> yeah. Probably. Dumbass. <laughs> I wish we were in the division with the Jets. My God, what a freaking train wreck that organization we is. Trade places with the Patriots. God, we would. Oh my God, we have won the division gonna... like more often than not. We wouldn't. We wouldn't have the Patriots record, but we would have won the division more often than not over the last decade. I suspect we certainly would have gotten a couple of free wins every. Yeah, Yeah, um, of the guys you mentioned, Armand Watts was somewhat intriguing to me. I I think he's a capable rotational guy, Um, and that's what you're you're looking for. And he's he's a fifth rounder, wasn't he? Uh, That's sort of sixth. Sixth. Yeah, that's actually a little bit later than I thought he would go. Um, Who was the first guy that you mentioned that I I blanked Uh, on? Cameron Smith, linebacker. Uh, Cameron Smith, linebacker, USC. Yeah, he's he wasn't he wasn't he didn't stand out to me all that much. I think he's I think I'm going through my Rolodex here as I look at dead deer along the side of the road. I think he is a coverage backer. Um, I could be wrong on that though. When I when I read quick bios on a lot of these guys that they picked, um, the they it seemed to me like they flipped the script because through the first four rounds they were focusing very much on need and uh, fit. Whereas in the whole five through seven, you know, eight picks they had, um, it seemed to me that there was a much bigger focus on uh, ceiling, but not necessarily immediate impact. Uh, guys who could be project guys, and and not all of them might even make the roster, um, but they, uh, but they they could afford to do that. With the with yeah. number of picks they had in rounds five through seven, they could afford to just kind of go out on a limb on several guys who had, you know, the athletic high end potential or whatever it was. That uh, I don't. I, I'm not going to fault them for that strategy. No, and Oli Udo is that kind of guy. He was at the Shrine Game 
Uh, and he actually did well enough there that he got promoted to the senior bowl. He's really long, has some tools. He is sort of, uh, remember Cornelius Lucas? He Corny. is of that, he's of that ilk. Um, probably has a little bit higher of a ceiling than that, but that's sort of where he's at right now. I think that's uh, that's around the division, Ooh. as far as I'm concerned. Ooh, that's Sweet. a long trip, man. You guys really did it this time. Hey, uh, hey, Riz, how do you like your uh, podcast shirt? Dude, I love it. It's awesome. It, you really I, make it look good. I, so I wore it to a uh, uh, one of my son's AAU tournaments, and somebody actually came up to me and was like, hey, man, I've listened to that. Is, are you the Riz? I'm like, yeah, yes, I am. Thanks very much. <laughs> awesome. I'm the Riz. Uh, uh, New York folks would know him as the Wiz. Hey, uh, no, but folks, if if you don't know, nobody beats the Wiz. That's right. <laughs> he's 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 right next oh, to Sophie five King. people just got that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so yeah, it's 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 a great deal. Check them out. We got all kinds of shirts. We got some new ones. We got the new Sons of Anarchy, Sons of Patricia uh detroit original rip it's not a it's not a rip it's just a kind of in that theme really good he's got his pencil it's a great looking shirt got some game of thrones shirts while we we all saw the uh finale and and we won't talk about that so much some really really good looks there as well as the regulars uh the one riz is talking about showing off that sweet sweet uh lions logo uh check it out DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Hit the store button. Go get your shirt represent the brand represent the the lions and make yourself look cool with something that not a whole lot of people have. I mean, we sold a lot of shirts, but you're gonna you're gonna stand out as something special with one of these on, and uh, you'll see some new some new designs coming out. So get yours now. Check it out. DetroitLionsPodcast.com/store. Riz, thank you so much, man. We love you. We love you for coming on the show again, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. My pleasure. As I enter Ionia County, I, I bid you adieu. Look out for the deer. Yes. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for the show this week. Remember, we're looking for your involvement. Check us out on the subreddit. Use the comments there. Give us your feedback. We we love your feedback. That's what helps us do our job so well. Also, you can go to YouTube, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Use uh, the comments there. We love chatting with you guys there. We uh, we get involved and uh, love to hear what you have to say. Uh, great place to see what we have going on. We have more than just the show coming there. This is this is going to pop and be huge. By, by the time the summer is over, you're going to be freaking out at how cool this is. Don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, and on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. Also, don't forget about us on Twitter. That's that's where all the action is. Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast. It's the very best place to see Case. With no pants on. Damn straight. Give us a call on Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast. Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word or call us in the Lions line, 929-33-Lions, 929-335-4667. Also, be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your feed automatically. I don't know what you were thinking. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. Because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. Hey, Dean Blandino here, and I can tell you unequivocally that call was 100% wrong. How much do you think it would cost to get Zach Center to do one of those like naked sushi things?